verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You may be seated. Again, these are familiar passages. I remember hearing these since I think I was able to remember. Familiarity. I hope the familiarity does not ever cause us to miss the biblical truths found in these verses. The divine truths we find here. You know, during the time between the Old and New Testament, there was, God had been silent for about four or 500 years. No prophets, no prophecies, no oracles, no angels sent. But still, God's people, a remnant, remained faithful. We know that Zechariah and his wife were faithful. Scriptures tell us that. Mary was faithful. Joseph. They may have thought that God was far from them, but God is never far from us. He is always near to us. But then this time, this extraordinary time, when God started communicating with his people again, he did it through an angel that stood in his presence, Gabriel. He was the one who did go to Zechariah and his wife. And now he was coming to Mary with the message of the birth of the Savior. So again, let's not let the familiarity of these verses take away from the truths found in them. The truths and the comfort that we should find in these verses. So let's look again, you know, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. You know, we see that the angel was sent not to the center of the religious 
area, not to Jerusalem. Not the some high priest's daughter and son-in-law, a future son-in-law. But to an unknown lady in a small village and an unknown young man that she was engaged to. We're really not told a lot about Mary and David in the scriptures. Maybe Mary and Joseph, excuse me. What we do know, though, is that they were from the line of David. Which is important because that's what was foretold, was predicted. That Jesus would come from the Davidic line. You know, we read that in Isaiah 1, 11. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his root shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. A root from Jesse. The Davidic line. This wasn't confirmed when we go and see the genealogies, the genealogy that Joseph comes from, and the genealogy of Mary, which are recorded in the scriptures. But this is for our benefit. This is for our benefit because it gives us an assurance that God is in control, how God can foretell things in the future, how he can prophesy and things come just as he did, just as he said. And we could go into a lot of prophecies concerning Jesus and his birth, but we won't do that today. Let's look at what this child is, who this child is. Now, there's not too many people where the announcement of their birth or their existence gives the details of what their lives will be. A few times in the Old Testament, you know, and with uh, Zechariah's son, John, we know that, tells us, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Now, this is miraculous intervention by the triune God. Remember when we looked at angels, what we were taught that the angels are here for us, for those who are going to be saved. And these messages are brought to us through these messengers of God. But they're giving us God's message, God's divine intervention. You know, and the same is true now when, it, when the angel tells Mary. You know, God is intervening in human history by sending his angels to give a message of what his son is to be like. 
born of a virgin. And Mary confirms this. Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? It's amazing how our God at times withheld children. He did from Zechariah, from Abraham, and others. Well past child-bearing years. But then again, God wants at times to show his miraculous powers, his supernatural ways. And Gabriel declares a very powerful truth concerning Mary, but also like Elizabeth. What does she say about Elizabeth? And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who has been called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. He gives children to the barren. He's given us life. He will bring his son into this world through a miraculous virgin birth. But nothing is impossible with God. You know, for us believers, is this difficult for us to comprehend? Perhaps we live in a world that we don't see a lot of miraculous. Or we don't notice it. But does that give us the right to question the validity of God's word? For nothing is impossible with God. How was this truth put into action in a Mary's life? Verse 35, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit will bring about this virgin birth. You know, in Genesis One, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Saints, the Holy Spirit was active at the creation of the world, the creation of the universe, hovering, participating with the triune God, in the creation of this wonderful world that we live in. Why would any believer think it is too hard, too hard of a work for that Holy Spirit to have a virgin birth? When it is that very Spirit that gives us births and life. Nothing is impossible with God. Again, most For the most part, God works through the natural realm. However, he is not limited by those natural laws. We are. We are. So it's hard for us to comprehend. But we must believe in the miraculous. And yes, this is a unique birth. 
this child born of a virgin, the Davidic line that tells us he will be great. He will be great. He will be great. You know, there's no qualifier there. He will be great. He is great in himself. The greatness comes from his own nature. John the Baptist was called great. However, there was a qualifier for he will be great before the Lord. But not Jesus. Jesus is great in himself because he is God. He has all the attributes of God. The holiness. Yes, the Holy Spirit will work through John. Just as he works through our lives. But that greatness, that work does not come from within us. It comes from the Holy Spirit working within us. Jesus, on the other hand, was working with perfect unity with the triune God. And his greatness came from his core being. Even as enemies said of him, no man speaks as this man. He was great in himself. No man ever had the divine insights, the truths from God, which he could deliver with such authority and backed up by many, many miracles. This all attested to his greatness. Feeding the multitudes, walking on water, healing all who came to him. The power to cast out the workers of evil. And he raised himself from the dead, giving us the path for us to have eternal life. But all that greatness was in himself. They definitely make him the greatest man to walk this earth. However, he's even greater than that. He was the son of God. Verse 32, he'll be great and will be called the son of the most high. You know, we sing the song, Mary, did you know what baby this is? She knew. Every Jewish girl would know. What the son of the most guy, high God is. Genesis eighteen fourteen, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God most high, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. In Deuteronomy 38, when the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of peoples according to the numbers of the sons of God. And in Psalm 47, 2, for the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared a great king over all the earth. So when the angel tells Mary, this baby in your womb will be the son of the Most High, Mary knew as with any other Jewish girl would know at that time, that this baby would rule over all men, all nations, and all history. 
Mary, your son would be the ruler of the universe. You know, that's what Mary was hearing. You know, in Hebrews 1.3, we read, He is a radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Mary knew that her son was God. But also, the miracle was in the conception. She would have a normal birth. Maybe not a comfortable birth in an outbuilding. Verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Again, the miracle was in the conception. She had a natural birth. You know, we're, again, we're not told much about Mary and Joseph. There's very little in the scriptures about them. We know they were faithful. They took Jesus to be circumcised. They followed the law of Moses in Galatians 4.4. 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law. So they followed the law. They were truly blessed by God to be given a privilege to giving birth to Jesus and raising him. Mary surely appreciated. Listen to what she said. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. It's a perfect response from Mary. The mighty one has done great things for me. God worked through her to do his will. God has shown grace to her. Mary does not elevate herself above a sinful human being. She knows who she is. In her song of thankfulness, she says, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Notice she doesn't say, holy is my name. Holy is his name. Mary was just like us. She was used by God, yeah. Used by God for a very specific task, a unique task. But that task didn't elevate her to the divinity, just like God using us never elevates us to divinity. Well, sinners saved by the grace of God. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I think that would, Mary would say, wretched woman am I. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. She elevates God. We don't have the attributes of God, the holiness, the grace. But God uses us 
to give his attributes to others, his loving kindness to share his words and his love. And Jesus is great because he was sinless. We're not sinless. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Holy. Holy, sinless. Remember the angels singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Jesus was sinless, holy, just, perfect. He was tempted. And I believe it grieved him when he was tempted. But he didn't sin. Could you imagine being his brothers and sisters? Oh, I wish you other kids were just like Jesus. And I had brother, eight brothers and sisters. We were all angels, so I don't think that. <laughs> but he does understand us and our sinfulness. In Hebrews 2.4, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offsprings of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because, of the, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Yeah, he was the son of God. But he is also our brother and sister, or our brother, we're his brothers and sisters, and he understands us. He understands our sin nature. And notice it says, for because he himself had suffered when tempted. The temptations were a burden to him. He understands how gullible we as human beings can be. And in Hebrews 4.14, it tells us, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. You know, our Lord can relate to our temptation and our falling into sin. Doesn't mean that he agrees with it, but he can relate to it. He understands it. So he tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. The greatness of this child, the truths that we see here are the attributes of God. And it's what he has done to us and for us. The 
The Most High has done this to us. Given each and every one of us salvation who is a true believer. That salvation does not come from within ourselves. We are elevated to be his people, his royal priesthood, a people belonging to God because of his love and what he has done. And it started at his birth, the announcement of his birth. He is the one who elevates us above our sinful state. It is he who uses us to build his church, just like he used Joseph and Mary to build his church here on earth. And we all have unique tasks, just like Mary and Joseph did. We can't look at each other and say, well, what does God have in you do? What does God have in you do? We've got to say, God, what do you want me to do? Don't worry, God will handle the others. Our response should be like Mary's, though. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We are all servants of the Lord. And when we say, let it be according to your word, Lord, then God will open the door and use us. But the goodness, the faithfulness, and any good works we do will be because of the Holy Spirit working through us, just like that Holy Spirit working through Jesus, through Mary, through Joseph, through all the saints. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, as we, we look at these familiar verses, I just pray that they bring us comfort, comfort to know that, that the Lord has done, done great things for us, just as he has done for Mary. And yes, when we do your will, Lord, others will call us blessed. When we're there for our brothers and sisters in the Lord, when they, we're there for strangers, and they see your love flowing through us. Teach us to be such a people. Amen.